and welcome to a special episode of the Red River Report. I'm your typical host, Jason, and joining me today is a new guest, Emma Honeybun. How are you doing, Emma? I'm well. Emma is a beat reporter at The Projector, but that isn't why I brought Emma on. Emma is also probably one of the most interesting people I know. Don't give me that face. <laughs> it's true. Emma is in the which specialization again? Journalism. Journalism. And I obviously, I, we've had a couple people on from Jay, and it's it's pretty involved. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the course load so far and kind of, um, has it met your expectations? I, yes. Not to like dress it up too much, but it's actually really exceeded my expectations because we've done so much in the past year. Like we've interviewed almost all of the mayoral candidates. Even this week, we went to the the media budget lockup at the legislative building. And uh, my classmate, uh, Sierra Sanders, who's also on the projector, she got to talk to Heather Stephenson, and that was huge. Uh, we've been to court uh, all throughout January. We went to court every Monday, and I've continued to, to go to court on Fridays for my Substack assignment just because it's awesome, an awesome experience. We really like, we go out into the world, and I think that's what journalism is about, but we've definitely gotten that huge taste of the industry. So it's been it's been great. You mentioned Substack and I've heard this from everybody. What is Substack again? Yeah, it's yeah, Substack is the name of the app or the website that we're using to publish a monthly newsletter basically. Okay. So every 3 weeks we're 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 made to pick a topic that we really appreciate or we're interested in so that every 3 weeks we can write another story on it. Um, just so like once the point was that once we graduate and we send out our portfolios, we can have something to put on there where it's like, I'm an expert um, in this thing from a journalist perspective. And here's where you can read all my like work about this one thing. And it, it helps. That's cool. That's that's a really unique opportunity. Go James and Joanne for that. Well, I think it's mostly James, right? Uh, I think, yeah, I think James came up with it, but I wouldn't know. But yeah. 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 Uh, well, props to him. That sounds like a fantastic opportunity, actually. That's that's lovely. Yeah. Um. So with Jay and, I mean, you said you covered courts. You went to the legislative building for the lockup. What kind of toll does that take on mental health? I know it's obviously a pretty high-stress course, but covering some pretty sensitive topics, too, what, what does that look like for your mental health? Um. It's been complicated. It's definitely, like, changed the way that I look at the city. It's definitely changed the way that I go about my daily business. Even riding the bus now, I'm, I'm always more aware of things. I'm always a bit more paranoid about things. I think on the mental health side of things, like, anxiety definitely, like, it's upped it. And I know that that's normal because I'm also young and I'm experiencing court for the first time and I'm seeing all these like when you go to court like the the accused people are right there in their chains walking like two feet away from you to go into the same courtroom like it's oh, it's a it, they don't hold like the course doesn't hold back or try to protect you from a lot of these very real things and I think that's not for everyone like I I wouldn't call that a con but like as someone who does struggle with anxiety already it's definitely made me more just hyper aware i guess of everything happening around me and it gets stressful because when you're in, like in college you're already focusing on all these assignments and the people around you and so it kind of adds this extra layer of just self-awareness it definitely gives you a complex like it just adds all these layers to an already 
super different experience. So I would say on the mental health side of things, like journalism, it's not for the faint of heart all the time. And it does take a bit of a toll on you. James James even said, you can only see so many of these like videos in court before you've seen enough. Like it's not worth it, you know? That's fair. So with that, do you think, has journalism maybe spiked your anxiety worse? Or has it made you not necessarily more immune, but has it allowed you to um, cope or deal with anxiety a little better because you've, you've been in these high pressure situations or intense situations? Has that kind of changed how you approach things? For sure. Like, I think honestly, it's done both. Like, it's definitely heightened my anxiety. I won't lie about that. But through that, I've changed the way that I go about handling it. And I've started to, like, understand when I need to, like, reach out for extra help and when I need support. Like, before, even, like, even last year and first year when we were kind of getting a taste of everything, anxiety was bad because it was, like, first year of post-secondary ever for me. I wouldn't really reach out about it or I didn't really change the way I thought about anything. It was just like, oh, I'm more stressed than I was before. And that sucks, but what can you do? But now... I think I've seen so many more extreme situations and I've been in so many more extreme situations that now I know when it's too much and I definitely have a more mature outlook but like more <laughs> like a more critical thinking more just I can understand what's going on in my head now cuz I've actually opened up to the world around me and that's really helped change the way I kind of cope with things because with panic attacks and stuff before it was like oh here it comes now it's done move on to the next thing now it's like I can I know when it's coming so I can like not stop it but kind of understand what's going on you know yeah be a little more prepared for yeah exactly Uh, a big way that my thinking's altered is that I'm just prepared for anything bad to happen which is obviously the most anxiety symptom ever but like now I can really like think critically about well, something bad's going to happen, but what can I do now? So it's really given me that ability when it comes to just dealing with not only anxiety, but like any situation. I will say, um, speaking personally about it, yeah, Precom has absolutely helped. Like before, you could put a gun to my head and tell me, go talk to that person in public. Not a chance. <laughs> no. You couldn't pay me enough. Now we're interviewing strangers for videos and things like that on a weekly basis. And it's it's absolutely changed my outlook on it. I'm sure it's you've just spoken it's changed yours so i'm glad that there is a positive to take from that however i want to ask a different question that i don't normally pose if you could go back and talk to emma before she joined Crecom, would you take Crecom again or is this kind of like a i can't believe i did this now that i'm almost done it i'd never go back kind of thing this is gonna sound so strange but i would not warn her about it because I do not know that person from two years ago. I Total shut-in, scared of, not scared of everything, but like almost agoraphobic without actually being agoraphobic because I only talk to people who were exactly like me. I would never talk to strangers. Like I said, I, no one could get me to talk to a stranger. Even like classmates, we were all online too. So it kind of gave me like that screen where it was like, I can talk to these people like in the Discord chat, yeah. but like I would be terrified to talk to anyone in person. I was just like, but I was comfortable that way. So I think if I talked to that person like one-on-one, I would, if I said anything about what I'm doing now, I would scare the living 
heck out of her. Like, and she would not take Krikom because of it. But I wouldn't want that because I've grown so much as a person the past two years. I have friends, I have a support group, I can- I like going out, I'd rather do that than stay in. I'm not scrolling the internet eight hours a day anymore and just like- that's why I draw so much because like in high school that's all I did instead of talking to people. So like I would not be transparent to them or to her either um, <laughs> because uh, I think that it was like exposure therapy that I really needed. So if I had to have that conversation, I'd be like, I, I'm sorry, but like if I told you, you, would, you wouldn't go. And I think you need it, you need to. It's always a weird process going out of high school, especially going out of high school in the middle of a pandemic. So I think this was just like that period of life, but Krikom really added a lot to it. So now people are kind of getting a sense as to why I wanted to bring you on because every other person that I've talked to or the other people that I've just talked to outside of the podcast and on the podcast, I've always said, you know, oh, I tell them, you know, just be patient. You'll, you'll learn your lesson. But I've never heard anybody say I wouldn't talk to my younger self because warning them would maybe cause a little more trepidation, a little more. I don't really want to do this kind of thing. That's a wonderful way to look at it. Absolutely. I wouldn't tell myself either now that I'm thinking about it. So that's a wonderful perspective to have because holy hell, he would not have gone into Krecom. But I'm absolutely glad that myself and everyone else that is in the program and has come to the realization that, you know what, maybe this is something that I want to do. And just taking that chance is the first step to really changing things. So I'm so glad that you're here, obviously, because it's, it's a different experience. And I'm glad that you've been able to take away uh, some positives. And that's always a wonderful thing, especially in post-secondary. You want to take away something. I think having a ton of positives to take away and kind of coming into yourself and learning more about who you are is a wonderful way to experience it. I totally agree. Like, it's not only understanding who you are as a person and how you function as a person and not what your purpose is, but like what <laughs> you find fulfilling, but it's also learning from the people around you, like finding people that like you really trust that you really like spending time with and like kind of learning from them and implementing like what they say into your personality, that's also just as huge and plays just a big role until really finding yourself. So post-secondary, like it, I think it is essential to like that it's in person now because it's, it's so, so important to just build connections. And that's so cliche, like, oh, building connections at Red River College, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, we were a polytechnic, yeah. poly not just a college. Sorry, that was a critical <laughs> error. I'm sorry. That would that would dock a whole assignment. That <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but absolutely, I think, and you know, it's kind of every parent's worst nightmare. It is the double-edged sword because depending on who you converse with and who you collaborate with, that shapes things. Like if you're with, you know, some maybe unsavory types, we'll say. You know, kids who are typically, they maybe don't care as much or don't want to put in as much effort. That will absolutely shape how you view things because everybody wants to fit in. And so it's the social acceptance of things and the social hierarchy that kind of naturally comes with situations like this that really ultimately shapes your perspective and your experience. And I mean, from the sounds of things, you've got a great support system around you and some good friends. So I'm very glad to hear that. That's wonderful. And my favorite question is coming next, Emma. What kind of, what does the future look like for you? Like, where do you want to see yourself? Like, maybe let's talk first. Let's start with what job do you think you want to get, like, outside of Krecom when we graduate? It's, that's tough because, no, I, I think I would be happy doing anything in journalism. Like, I know 
Like, this is huge if you're picking, like, a specialization. Journalism does not box you in to just journalism. But in my case, I'm perfectly okay with that. So I really want to just, I want to continue reporting. Um, I apply, I did apply to where I'm going on work placement. Um, so if I can get that right out of graduation, just building up that experience would be awesome. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I want to do good, honest work, which is so cliche. I, I want to go to an outlet with like good moral values. I want to go do ethical work. And I know that in journalism, especially right now, sometimes there are places that don't do that. So I really want to push having a good moral compass in the industry. I want to do things that matter and write about people that wouldn't necessarily get written about, but do have good stories to tell. I want to do lots of court reporting. I really like it there. I like being like an eye, I guess, for people who wouldn't necessarily get to see court stories and really like bring out the truth of these things without sugarcoating anything. Because there, we live in Winnipeg and there's a lot of like huge issues here that are really symptoms of larger issues and blah, 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 all like, there's like so much that's going wrong. So I want to like really bring things to light and do good, honest reporting. I think that's my short term, just build up as much experience doing that kind of stuff as I can and get a job somewhere that's like good on my mental health, but also good on what what they're doing in the work that they produce. I love the long answers because if you talk for 15 seconds, you get such a short snippet of what people are talking about. So let's talk about maybe Emma 10 years from now. Is there like a dream oh. job you'd have uh. you're thinking of? <laughs> That's uh, a loaded question, but. That is uh, 10 years from now. Well, I want to still be alive. I'm glad. <laughs> That's good news. I always make this joke with like, just in general, where it's like, uh, my dream right now is to be assassinated by the government. I'm going to write like a big investigative piece and just get like shot, but I really don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> True journalism. Yeah. <laughs> End goal. That's, yeah. Um, but uh, 10 years from now, I think 10 years from now, I really want to focus on, I want to publish a couple books and I want my first book I've been working on for a really long time is fiction, but I want to do like more long form journalism, but like nonfiction investigative stories. Okay. I think in 10 years from now, I want to actually have a couple of those out. That's a huge like um, aspiration and maybe it's unrealistic. I think it's a wonderful aspiration to have. Thank you. <clears throat> because you are an interesting person. I've gotten to know you uh, fairly well over the last couple of years and I'd be, I would read those stories because I, your experiences is vastly different from anybody else's. And so depending on what you're writing, even if it's fiction, also for those who don't know, Emma is a wonderful artist. <laughs> Please read her working draft because it's, <laughs> it features some of those great illustrations. She did all that herself. Um, I would, I would love to read those. That would be fantastic. Thank you. All I'm right. going to hold you to that. <laughs> Done. Please do. <laughs> hold me accountable for that. No. All right. Now here is always the lovely... Ending question, It's I ask everybody this because it's cheesy, but I love it. <laughs> so we've had a lot of fun, but we're, we're closing it out now. And do you have any words of advice for maybe future students 
um, in the course or just people looking to get into post-secondary in general that you've maybe learned along the way that you think would be beneficial for them to know? I think this is going to sound so cheesy, but if something makes you uncomfortable, go towards that. Because I think putting yourself in situations that you wouldn't put yourself before post-secondary or you wouldn't, like, normally want to be in, like, going at, like... Even on, like from a CreCom standpoint, like streeters, court, big things that would maybe seem scary or uncomfortable to you, I think those are things that you want to run towards because through experiencing uncomfortable situations, through doing things that you maybe like find out that you don't enjoy, through like going through hardships or like like tough situations, you really find like what you enjoy and what really makes you happy and even like education or just like personal life like I don't think that you really know what you enjoy or what makes you happy or the kind of people that you want to talk to or any of that stuff until you've experienced the opposite for real because if you just shelter yourself for your whole life or you I don't know you just avoid anything that you don't like or that makes you like nervous obviously I'm not telling people to like go put themselves in dangerous situations but I think that being sheltered that's not like really a fulfilling way to go about your education or to go about just like early adult life so I think just experience as much as you can which is so cliche holy crap but just because then you can really find what you actually want to do instead of just like going with the one idea that you think is safe and comfortable because that's also a journalism thing to say but I stand by it 100% because I experienced it and I want other people who are going through kind of the same stuff as I am or was to kind of grow as well because anyone can so that's my huge thing beautiful I'm in complete agreement. I think that one of the best teachers and one of the best lessons to learn is that life is absolutely what you make it. And so if you are content in being, you know, by yourself and not willing to, not necessarily willing, but not wanting to go and experience those things, you're always going to be wondering the what ifs. And what ifs are killers. They will constantly pull away from the the presence of the moment. If you want to go out and do something, do it. Obviously, you know, within means. Don't if you if there's a serial killer listening don't don't do that don't go out and do those things but (laughs) for any good upstanding citizen if you want to do something absolutely do it and um emma here is kind of living proof of that and uh i'm glad you came on the podcast today thank you emma thank you for having me it was (laughs) a joy such a joyous room as well oh yeah this recording booth is a dungeon (laughs) and it makes me so uncomfortable bringing people in because i'm like i swear i'm not gonna murder you but i know it gives off creepy vibes but i promise it's just a normal recording booth it's just a little small um that thank you yes thank you for joining me and so that'll do it for this episode of the red room report as always i'm your host jason waldick thank you for joining me we'll see you again next time